The first of a series of exit interviews from us for Sabre players from the 2021-22 season. We begin with Tage Thompson. We will uh, we'll take a look at Tage when we uh, get rolling here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin, another off-season show for you. Uh, be sure to hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Jordan's at JR Hanskin. Like and subscribe us, especially on YouTube as we continue our chase for 1,000 subscribers where we can be uh, as officially a YouTuber as you could possibly be. Um, we have a exit interview, our first exit interview for uh, Sabre players in a series we're going to do here at the end of the season. And the first will be Tage Thompson. We will get to Tage and breaking down his season, looking back, looking forward, the contract, and just really all of it uh, with number 72 for the Buffalo Sabres. Let's start with the playoffs, though. Uh, we got night one in of the playoffs out of the way, and Jordan, there weren't really any close games. You had to stay up late if you wanted a close game. Yeah, um, I, I didn't overly enjoy it, um, but there's a lot of I, I I always say this with the first games, like there's a lot of series left, and you gotta expect game twos are gonna be pretty good. Um, just given like, I mean, the Bruins are going to give it their best. The lightning are going to give it their best. So it's going to, I think it's going to turn around, um, out West too. Uh, I thought the story of yesterday was, I think there were like two like massive penalties, like, or at least like three, like crazy plays, like dirty plays. Um, so if that's, if that was day one, um, usually it takes like into a series for people to start doing the terrifyingly awful hits and uh dirty plays um yeah. that, i thought that was a story of the night really yeah kyle clifford got suspended for a game for a hit from behind uh on the maple leafs you had uh pat maroon got fined Corey perry got fined but Co- like there were a bunch of players in that scrum islanders and lightning at the end that got fined everyone got the same fine except for Corey perry who got exactly 250 dollars more than everybody else like what was that <laughs> Does someone have a bone to pick? He's kind of a offender, right? He's a repeat offender, right? But at two hundred fifty dollars, like what? What? What is that? That's that's a that's a that's a meal. Somebody wanted uh, somebody wanted a PS4. That's right. That's that you're you you don't get a PS5, Corey Perry. I'm taking that two hundred fifty dollars from you. <laughs> I mean, holy cow! Uh, the the one though that only got a small fine and not a suspension. Did you see the Jared Spurgeon play? The cross check. I thought that was the dirtiest. I thought that was the dirtiest play of the night. How is that not a suspension? That is as intent to injure as I've ever seen. He literally is yeah. trying to break the man's Achilles. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the dirtiest play of the night. Um, because the intent is there. Like there's a true, true man. Yes. Even the hit from behind, I think, is just like this guy trying to like set an edge or whatever you want to say, like, oh, I'm just gonna throw my body around. Um, the hit from behind, I think, is a less attempt to injure as that one is. Yeah. Like, I think that's like, that's as clear cut as you could be. Cause some people have hit people from behind where they're just like either just being reckless or whatever. Um, this is like, 
that's like premeditated. Yeah. Like his goal was to was to hurt the guy's leg. Um the the player on the uh the blues like couldn't believe it. He was like, he like turned around like what are you doing? Yeah. Um as that was crazy. The fact that that's the least suspended um says kind of a lot about the rules committee. Yeah, no, the, the Department of Player Safety, man. I mean, come on. Be yeah. be a little stronger. The maximum allowed. The the fines also that always annoys me. And that's what is that? That's the NHLPA doing their job in labor negotiations that the players aren't allowed to be suspended more than five grand, which is, you know, you know, for, for guys, they're making millions of dollars. It's like a $20 fine. If it was me or you, they probably didn't know what to do with it though, because I, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. That one, they just like, Oh, we'll call it. Cr-. It technically is cross checking, I guess. But like, <laughs> what's the max? I mean, I, I agree with you. It yeah. was attempted like Achilles rupturing is what it was. <laughs> That's the right. Like it would be like taking your like skate to somebody's like the side of their <laughs> knee or something. Like yeah, it's like I, I'd say it's just violence. No, right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. If if someone took their skate off, did the Happy Gilmore thing, and they tried to stab someone with it, the NHL Department of Player <laughs> Safety, be well, we only find them forty five hundred dollars, the maximum allowed uh, for roughing in the NHL. <laughs> it's like a move that you would see somebody like in John Wick do. Yes, like. They like stop somebody like they take like a maybe they're fighting in like a, a pool hall mm-hmm. and they take like a pool stick and they like st- like stab the guys like Achilles with it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it was like it was like setting up like a combo move or something like it was it was brutal. Yes. Uh, how about the rest of the hockey on the ice? Who impressed you the most? Anyone disappoint you the most? Maybe that's the same question in the same game. Um, I think Toronto impressed me the most for sure. Um, I think the, the other thing I want to say is I think Carolina's win is a bit kind of overblown. Like they looked good, mm. but the fact that I think, I think Lena's Olmark did not have a good performance. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, I don't think that's, I, I think that's more of an anomaly than like telling, I don't think he's going to be that bad. Um, Yeah throughout the playoffs. Um, so I think that series is fine. I'm concerned about the wild. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's really about it. The Minnesota and the Edmonton King series. I think that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be like close games throughout. Yeah, no, that's how I see it going too. I like the Kings a lot. I bet the Kings to win that series. Uh, I'll say this. I have had that Kings Stanley cup bet since January, which was always a long shot. I mean, never really <laughs> thought they could actually do it. How do they do it? They're an elite five on five team. They're an elite possession team. How though, do they go over the hump from, they have the puck all the time, but they're not really dominant. Like that's really all they do. They don't score a ton. They, they're not super fast and they don't get saves. The one way a team that's elite five on five can go on a run is if their goalie gets hot. And we haven't seen him get hot in like damn near eight years, but Jonathan quick in game one, he looked like a guy that could get hot. He looked like a guy capable of taking LA on a, a little, little bit of a run here. So I'm open to it. I'm open to that cup bet going well. <laughs> he's the Haley's comet of goalies. Like every, like every like 20 years, like he, he shoots past the earth again. <laughs> That's the best comparison of the season. Jonathan Quick is Haley's Comet. He is. He really is. Uh, every five years, he's just like, oh, here he is. He's amazing. And then he disappears for five years. 
uh, out into the solar system. Um, all right. So yeah, the, Toronto was super impressive though, too, right? Like the speed, yeah. it, it was just, oh, yeah. I mean, they looked dominant. Matthews looked amazing. Marner was good. The guys that had let them down in playoff series before had really showed up. I'm starting to wonder, it's only one game. So maybe this will get, you know, debunked in one, the next game. But I'm wondering, is Tampa actually a decent matchup for Toronto? Because even though they're better than the teams they've played in past years, look at who they've lost to. They've lost to Montreal. Grind it out. They sit back. They're like a soccer team playing counterattack. They'll let you have possession, and then they're just going to counter, and boom, they're going to hit you with a two-on-one, and they're going to get the goaltending. Grind it out. The year before that, they lost to the Blue Jackets. John Tortorella's Blue Jackets, same thing. Grind it out, block shots. We don't need the puck. We're going to win two to one. We're going to get a lucky bounce here or there. That was how they lost to the Blue Jackets. The Bruins, even the year before that. Now, the Bruins can click into any mode they need to, but those were physical teams. Those were teams that would try to bully Toronto around. They weren't trying to play up and down the ice, skill, skill, skill. And I wonder if Tampa is the right matchup for Toronto because Tampa is... Let's skill it up, baby. Let's go back and forth. Let's try to outscore me. And Toronto is capable of outscoring you. So even though Tampa's a better team than what they faced, I wonder if the style of opponent is better for the Leafs. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'm kind of wait and see. Um, I thought the Leafs were definitely the most impressive, um, but the Leafs are the type of team that, like, especially given the history and given the kind of like the Capitals were a, lo- a while back where before they broke through, where it's just like, wait till they see some adversity and how are they going to respond to it? Hmm. Um, and you know the Lightning are going to bring it one of these games. Um, if the Leafs, Leafs want to win this series, they probably want to do it as fast as possible um, because the further the series goes, the pressure becomes all on the Leafs. I don't think the, the Lightning really don't have any pressure. They've already achieved what a lot of right. hockey teams have not done. Um, so if they, yeah. if they lose in the first round this year, it's like, ah, well, there's always next year. Like we've, we've, we've been an excellent team um, for a long time, but the Leafs is like, now it's like, now, even with the blow, it's like, they, they're like firmly expected to win. People might say now. So yes. pressure is going to mount um, if they, if they start to taper off a little bit. We'll come back. We'll talk to H. Thompson, our first exit interview, concluding the Buffalo Sabres season. That's on the way here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It just doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers, for over 20 years, they got everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. I just bought new windshield wipers from Rock Auto. Go explore their easy-to-use website today or find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, and when you see all their parts available and for your car or truck, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin, back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Go make your next listen when we're done here. Locked on now. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available 
wherever you get podcasts. Today marks the two-year anniversary of Jordan Hanskin as our co-host here at Locked On Sabres. Congratulations. Uh, and that is the genesis of a question of mine. What did you think of Tage Thompson when you first started here two years ago? Ah, um, yeah. So I, I was like excited for the idea of the player because he was he's like so tall and kind of different than a lot of other players um, at his position. Um, but yeah, I thought he he really struggled uh, out of the gate. He was just like just seemed always off balance, always seemed like kind of uncomfortable. Um, which I mean, credit to him and credit to Granado because they figured something out this year when they put him back at center. Um, if we're doing our exit interview here, first thing I'm going to say is, I mean, great work by not only Granado. I, I think a lot of people always like to find somebody to give all the credit to, mm-hmm. and they, they, they always forget to give it to the player themselves. I think this way about Josh Allen, it's like, Josh Allen put in a lot of the work too. And I think Tage Thompson did as well. I think Tage Thompson, like I think this is what people forget with like the value of potential and like players stock rising throughout um, their careers is that the players can get better, especially in a sport like hockey. Like he came and comes into the league at 20. Mm-hmm. Like they're not fully developed players. They're not fully developed human beings yet. And so, like, Tage Thompson said, he, he was talking about it, um, you know, in, in some of his interviews that I've listened to, um, where he, he talks about how, yeah, I had to grow into my body. Like, I grew, like, an extra foot. Or, like, <laughs> an extra, like, it's, yeah. like, it's, like, crazy. Like, he's, like, I grew even more than I was, I was before. So, I had to, like, get used to a totally different center of gravity. Mm. Um, and you can definitely tell now that he's so controlled. Um, and he's his like his other like facets of his game have developed too. Like his shot is like crazy good now. Yeah. Um, I don't think you score 40 goals by accident or get close to 40 goals by accident. Um, and like I think he's been an absolute force for this team. Um, his stock has gone up exponentially. Yeah. Um, more so than I've seen a Sabres player have their stock rise in a long time. Yeah, so let's really let's explore what happened. Let's look numbers wise first. So he had played 145 games in the NHL before this past season. He's in those 145 games, he had 18 goals. This year in 78 games, he had seven he had 38 goals. So do we think it was all center? I think that was a good chunk of it. I do think his willingness to shoot, and you could tell, I mean, Granado had said it at some course point in the season that he had worked on his release uh, the previous summer, and that's what it looked like. And you're right. Like, Allen's a good comparison, I think, for him because of my lifetime, they are the two most amazing developments in Buffalo sports in terms of a player going from a young prospect or developing guy to becoming what they become. They're the two most insane developments that I've seen. I think Brian Campbell is close because Brian Campbell went like three, four years of being like a seventh defenseman. And then boom, he was an NHL all-star just like that. Um, But I think Thompson even maybe outranks him. Allen probably outranks them all just because quarterback in the NFL. Uh, But listen, he went from 18 goals in 145 games to 38 goals in 78 games. I think the shot has a lot to do with it. Don Granado in his end of season press conference uh, today 
mentioned that one change that he really saw in Thompson and that they had to grill into him was, listen, when you have a defenseman between you and the goaltender, you don't got to walk him every time. And that's the mindset Thompson would be in. If there was a defenseman between him and the goaltender, he thought, I got to go around him. I got to deke him out. I got to out-muscle him to the edge. Like, I've got to go through the defenseman somehow. And Granado said what they tried to instill in him was, you don't got to go around him. Shoot it between his legs. You got an amazing shot. Shoot it through him. You don't have to get around him every time. You are not going to get every shot of your career where it's just you and the goaltender. There's going to be traffic. There are going to be defensemen in the way. Let it rip. And I think that's really what got into his head this year. I think that and then being in the open ice at the center position, um, I was very impressed with him. And at the beginning of the year, could you what would if I had said to you at the beginning of the year, what would you take? If I said, would you take 18 goals from Tage Thompson? When you said yes? Oh yeah. I was I think I was hoping for like 40 points. <laughs> right. And he got he yeah. almost got to 70. Yeah. So yeah, it's just he he exceeded all expectations. I think his exit interview is probably the easiest that we'll do. Yes. Um it's just like awesome job. I can't wait to see him in the future. I think he's become an absolute like sensation for the Sabres. Um, And he makes, he makes our future so much brighter because he became a liability and now he's a massive asset. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's huge. And he's turned the O'Reilly trade into something more of like a, not, you could call it a little bit of win-win considering that we now probably have, the best player in the in the Ooh. trade right now, currently. Like yeah. I think O'Reilly's still great, but I, I think Tage Thompson had a better year. He did. O'Reilly had a couple goals, didn't he? Last night. Um I mean he's a one. playoff performer. He's already proven he's a playoff performer. We will come back. We're gonna give grades one through ten, decimals included. I'll give a grade on Tage Thompson's season, and then we'll look ahead. The contract, if you don't know what his contract looks like, nothing really pressing here, but just kind of go over it. And also what we can expect from the future with Tage Thompson. Can we expect this year to year? We'll get to that when we come back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast that is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried Built Puffs yet? We're going crazy over the puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie, churro, brownie batter. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like churros? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. Built Bar makes sure there is something for everybody. My favorite flavor is still the cookie dough. It's got the real pieces of cookie dough in it. Unless we're talking about the puffs, then brownie batter is my favorite flavor. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. So what they compare to taste-wise, you're going to compare it health-wise. Candy bars, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious. The new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at built.com. And when you go to built.com, use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's the promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are recapping and looking ahead with Tage Thompson, uh, our first of our series of exit interviews. Let's give him a grade. One through ten. Uh, we'll go the, the figure skating scale. Will you give him a decimal? Um, one through ten for his season. And I don't want to just rely upon it for 
uh, the surprise factor, I guess, because, you know, comeback player of the year is fair for him. But if I'm just grading the season as a whole, I would want to give him like an 8.4. 8.4 is the number that I'll go with because while the goal scoring was through the roof, one area of his game that is still leaving me a little bit wanting is the playmaking. If he's going to be a legit number one center for this team going forward, I think I'm going to need more than 30 assists. I'm good with him being what he is now. I'm fine with that if that's what he is in perpetuity, but kind of more of a second line center for me in in his current state. So because of the playmaking being a little bit down and also he's still not really that good in his own end, I'm going to give him an 8.4. But of course the goal scoring through the roof, the power play stuff, um, he, he was amazing, but that's what I'm going with. Any, uh, what, what would you go with out of 10 for him? Yeah. Um, I'll be a little, I'll be a little kinder, but I'm around the same level. Um, 8.7. He's not a, he's not a perfect player. Um, is, is kind of where I'm at. Um, but yeah. man, he's, he's head over heels better than what he was. Um, so yeah, I, I don't yeah. really have much to add. I, I echo your sentiment with like, he's got to get better on his own end. Um, yes. that line, I think, I think that line did get scored on too much. Um, so yeah, he, he can do better there. Um, and like, yeah, he, he can be a better passer, but he might always just kind of be the, the guy that they, they find to score too. Yeah. What like would you he, do? It he... just might not be his game to be the, the hundred point guy. Um, right. so you might be right with that. Like an ideal Stanley cup team, he might be a second line center. Um, but yeah, like I think he's I think he's great and he he deserves a lot of the accolades this year. Yeah, if you if you were Don Granado, would you even mess with it? Would you just kind of let him go or would you would you tell him going into the su- going into the summer, "Hey, let's look a little, let's work on that vision a little bit. Let's let's work See, on I think that he's still moldable. I think he's still moldable. Like I I think he's still the type of guy you give homework to. Um and I think he should be like kind of like excited about it like yeah um i think he was talking about uh in his actual like his post game or postseason interview was um i'm gonna work a lot on face-offs which is another thing that he can get better at um so so he still seems like he's the type of person um which is i think like this is like the best like student or the best like um you know Mm. player to have in the locker room is somebody that is like always willing to get better always willing to find a new edge. Um, that's what makes a good competitor. And so like, I think he's got the right mindset for um, becoming even the hundred point player that we want him to be. Um, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm excited for his future. I think he's, he has every, he has everything going for him. Um, like kind of between the ears. Yeah. Um, I guess. So, that, like, yeah. I guess the, the question for him now is, all right, he's good. Like, would you agree with me? I expect him to he's be. Good. I, I'm not saying he's going to score near 40 goals every year, but I'd expect 30 as an average. Yeah, I don't brand, think. Right? I don't think he's. I don't, I don't think there was any sign. Like every game this year, I don't think he never had like games where he was like invisible. No, right. He always was getting chances. Yeah. He was always yeah. getting chances. Like there were there were there were like plenty of fluky players that played for the Sabers. Uh, or streaky players. Yeah. Taze Thompson, I don't think would be considered streaky. I no, think he's yeah. just, um, yeah, he's just, he just might not, his ceiling might not be crazy, crazy high. 
Right. Um, but he, he, I, I don't think he's a flash in the pan by any means. That's kind of the question I had. The ceiling. When this team gets good, is he the number one center? Is he the most likely be. to be the number one center? I think he. I think Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs might might have a might have just as good a chance as he does. Or maybe mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not saying that one has to be definitively better than the other. If all three of them are second line level centers, then that can work. Um, but I guess is when this team is good, is he's the is he the best center iceman? And I think right now I'd want to say yes, but I'm I'm again. It's hard because he's a different style of center than we're used to. When you think of number one centers, I think you usually think of guys that put up 60 assists. And, like, Krebs could be that. But Thompson, you know, he could just do it differently. He could just score 50 from center ice. And, like, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't – if he gets 50 goals next year and 30 assists, I'm not going to tell you that he's not a number one center because he doesn't pass the puck. Right. So, I don't right. know. Right. It's, it's different. and uh, But I do think, like, the credit to the Sabres, too – um, I thought like Jeff players like Jeff Skinner found their playmaking ability, which is stunning. Yeah. Um, like use feeding, feeding Tage Thompson for goals. Um, I know we'll talk about that when we get to Skinner, but like, well, let me uh, throw him, let me throw him into this equation real quick as well. That's the last question that I have on the docket today for Thompson this year, his most common line mates. He played 782 minutes, five on five with Jeff Skinner. He played 454 minutes with Alex Tuck, and actually above Tuck, uh, if you want to include defensemen, he played 468 minutes with Rasmus Dahlin. So Skinner, Dahlin, Tuck were his most common line mates. And I'll keep this question to the forwards more so for this question. Is that the line you want him on next year? It's hard to say no right now. I know there are kids coming up like Jack Quinn and Paterka, and we might want to mess around with stuff a little bit. But at at the outset of the offseason, that's the one line where it feels like you got to keep it together, right? Yeah, um, I know at the end, like, uh, Granado was experimenting with talk with Krebs more. And, um, and Olofsson, maybe even. Yeah. And Olofsson, yeah. Um, Olofsson was up with Tage. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, I kind of like the idea of, like, trying to throw Quinn in there. Uh, mm. like, okay. Like, kind of get him, like, confident playing with, like, the the great line. Um. But that that would that would be my. I think the the key is like I'm thinking like pairs, um, and I'm thinking like Skinner and Tage was, I thought super effective, and I think Tuck's the type of guy that you could put with anybody, um, and he'll be he'll be fine, um, yep. but like Skinner, I think needs Skinner needs you know, that guy. He needs offense that. with him, yeah. um, that he can play off of because that's when you get the best version of Jeff Skinner, um, so I I think. Tage and Skinner together, and then I like the idea of trying to throw in a, a youngster in there, especially one that's winning AHL like MVPs. Yeah, I I like that idea. I like that idea with with Quinn with them. Um, all right, so that's that's Tage Thompson. What what a season! Uh, comeback player of the year for the Sabers. He was arguably their best player. He'd be in that conversation with Rasmus Dahlin, I think. Uh, and just, I can't believe we're sitting here doing this, talking about him like this. It's just, it's nuts. He, I had written him off, completely written him off. Who hadn't, who hadn't written him off? Um, but he just showed up and he gave this team exactly what they needed down the middle. And he is a big part of the reason why we're all so hopeful right now. All right. Two years, Jordan, uh, 
feel like we're on the way up too. We're, I'm ready to do this show when they're good. Yeah, it feels like we're like heading towards competitiveness. Um, and I mean, considering where we were two years ago, yes. um, considering where we were last year, how bleak it was, like this is a lot better. Oh, it, it never got bleaker than last year. Just Eric Stahl playing in front of no fans as a Buffalo Sabre is just the worst <laughs> this team could ever do. Just holy cow. And Taylor Hall looking just totally miserable. Just, he, yes. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, we will – who should we do next? We should stick with the forwards. Stick with the forwards. Maybe we'll get to – we'll do Jeff Skinner. We'll get to Jeff Skinner as our next guy. Uh, he was second on the team in goals. Feels right to put him next. He was on the top line. And sticking with the theme of comeback players, he's a uh, he's 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 a guy we should get to. So we'll talk about Jeff Skinner next. We'll continue to cover the NHL playoffs as they progress as well. And you can also remember do that over at the Locked On NHL podcast. So when you're done with us, go make your second listen. Locked On NHL. They're covering everything in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. At Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter at JR Hanskin to follow Jordan and be sure to hit the like and subscribe button on our YouTube channel where you can watch the show uh, for those that are listening. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow here on Locked on Sabres. Good night.